0: Okay, So, baptism, the title for today is Baptism, What Are You Waiting For? What it is and who should be baptized, but it's not just for about baptism. This is a reminder. Wait till we see what we're going to look at today. Baptism is a reminder for all of us what Jesus has done for us and what that means for our life. Wait, you'll, you'll hear it. It's a constant reminder. Just like communion is a reminder, baptism is a reminder of something very important for every one of us as Christians. Uh, We're going to start off with a video from one of our recent baptisms, and then we'll get right into it, okay? Okay, a picture's worth a thousand words, so a video's worth ten thousand words. So you get to see a picture of what baptism is all about, and uh, it's just an awesome, awesome time. Um, uh, I want to explain from God's Word what it is and why it's so important and what it still means for us ongoing. It doesn't end with our baptism, it's ongoing. I know some of you are thinking, well, uh, I've already been baptized as an infant. I was sprinkled as a baby, so I'm all set. It doesn't count. Wink wink. <laughs> that one doesn't count. As we'll see that believer believer the Bible teaches very clearly believer baptism. That's someone who has put their faith in Christ, then they're baptized, then we're baptized. And also baptism is always in Scripture underwater. Always underwater. Okay? They call it immersion. Okay, always immersion is clearly clearly taught. The infant baptisms that many of us experienced as children is a tradition that developed much, much later after the time of Jesus. And it's okay. There's nothing wrong with being sprinkled as a baby as long as you see it as just a dedication. As parents dedicating their children, there's nothing wrong with that, okay? But as long as you realize we still must be baptized as believers. And it's always underwater. Unless someone has a reason for not, you know, they're not able to go underwater. We sometimes pour, we have, I make them stand in the water, in the river a little bit and pour on their heads. Well, pour, we still get you wet. We still get you wet one way or another. We get you wet. Okay. So uh, let's pray. Father, just pray that your word would speak to each of us. Maybe we're considering baptism. Maybe we're coming to faith. Maybe we have come to faith, but this teaching on baptism is a reminder of that, that this is who we are and what we're supposed to be in Jesus Christ. I pray that your Holy Spirit would accomplish this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so let's get right to it. Uh, believer baptism is a command. It's commanded and it's always under water. Matthew 28, 18 to 20, the great... Matthew twenty eighteen to 20 is the great? Commission. Thank you. Thank you. Commission, the great commission. All right. We've been talking about that a lot. Uh, it, the great commission, Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and share them with you always to the very end of the age. So they were, the, the apostles were commanded to to baptize and to teach and to, and to make disciples, not believers, but disciples of Jesus Christ. Baptism, very, very important. And then we see right in the book of Acts, as we've been going through the book of Acts, um, if you have been following along with that, remember we saw in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the, name of the Lord, uh, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent and be baptized. We see that all throughout the book of Acts, and it was always very close together. We tend to like, well, we become a Christian, and then maybe 10 years later we get baptized. In the Bible, boom, boom, you know, it was commanded, and boom, boom, you, you put your faith in Christ, and the baptism <clears throat> was right after that. The moment you say, God, I believe that Jesus died for my sin, I believe he died for my sin to to wash away that sin. I put my faith in Jesus Christ. The moment you do that, the very next step spiritually is baptism. Very, very important. Okay? And so uh, we all I'll keep going in Acts. Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8, verse 34. Uh, Philip and the Ethiopian. We'll get to that in few months. All right. So uh, verse 34, the eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, what is the prophet talking about himself or someone else? Then Philip began that. With that very passage of scripture and told them the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but he went on his way rejoicing. So we see that they went down into the water, they came up out of the water, Uh, You baptism underwater. Acts chapter 16, another great passage on baptism and a powerful one. We'll get to that one in next year. Uh, Acts chapter 16, I'm preaching through the book of Acts 1, chapter uh, 7. Now we're up to chapter 7. Acts 16, verse uh, 29, where it says, The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will receive, you will be saved. Okay, I'm going to read that again. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. And at that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. And then immediately he and all his family were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before him, and they were filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole family. So we see the whole family was baptized at that very night they believed a lot of people say well see you know people use this as an argument for babies to be baptized no no it says they believe babies can't believe they believed. the whole family everyone who believed was baptized there uh it was you, you see that very thing happening here all throughout the book of acts baptism is commanded for. Every believer, it's not an option. It's a public witness. Very important to understand this. It's a public witness of, that, of our faith in Christ. Very, very important. That's why it's important to invite your family family and friends. And invite them uh, and, and share what you're doing and why you're doing it. Very, very important. It's a public witness. It's also vital because of what it means, what it stands for. You see, when you, when you say, God, I believe Jesus died for my sins, and I put my faith in him. I turn away from those sins. I put my faith in Jesus. I'm trusting him. I give my life to him. The moment you do that, the Holy Spirit comes inside of you and makes you a brand new person. But no one can see that. No one can see that. They they can't see inside. Only God can see inside. So baptism is given to give people a outward picture of what has happened inside. When you're baptized, you're showing people what happened inside of your heart. You're, you're showing them that. It's an outward picture of what has happened inside. The old self has died and was buried with Jesus. And now you have a new, re- when you come out of the water, it's showing how you have a new resurrected life with Jesus Christ. Jesus died and came alive. It's a picture when we're baptized, we go under the water to show that we our old self has died. We come up a new person. It happened when we put our faith in Christ, but the baptism is a physical picture that people can see. It's a witness of what has happened. And that's what Romans... Romans 6, and Romans chapter 6 is talking about, read the first couple of verses, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who are baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. And that, wow, that's what it's talking about. Verse 3, we know, don't we know, we've been baptized into his death. The moment you put your faith in Jesus, you were really baptized into his death. But the physical baptism is showing what has already happened. In verse 4, it says, through the power of his resurrection, we can live a brand new life. Baptism is a picture of that, that we've died to our sin. We've died to our old self, our old sinful nature. Our old self was was killed was crucified with jesus was buried with jesus and and then when we come out of the water it's showing that we because of the holy spirit coming inside of us and 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 jesus being in our heart now we are a brand new person in jesus christ that's what it's showing you see the whole human race is in rebellion against god The whole human race turned against God. Boy, I've been watching the Olympics. Anybody been watching the Olympics? And if you had a visible picture of the human race being against God, you see it in the Olympics. The the, the stuff, the garbage, the filth, the horrible things that they've been trying to shove down our throats. Have you been watching it? It's crazy. Uh, Only half as many people are watching it now as last time because of that. But it's crazy what they're pushing. pushing—anti-Christ agenda that they're pushing at the Olympics over and over and over again. I'm not talking about the sports. That's awesome. I'm talking about the moral sins and 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 the just it's it's I, it's. I've had to shut it off over and over. I had to you know. It, it just made me sick to my stomach. What the agenda that they're trying to push. And, but it's a picture. Of, it's the, the the idea that we are on rebellion against God has been on full display. In the Olympics. And, and, and that's what I'm talking about. Our sin separates us from God now and forever. If we have never put our faith in Christ, our sin is on us. That separates us from God now and forever. We, we are completely separated from him. Romans 3, says, for all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. God is perfect. He's holy. He cannot have sin in his presence. And Every one of us has that sin, and we are completely cut off. We have missed the mark. The word sin actually means to miss the mark. Think of a shooting an arrow at something, and you've got to hit the perfect spot. And, but we, because of our sin, we miss the mark we missed the mark god's mark is perfection for all have sinned and fall short of god's glory his perfection he can't have sin in his presence he can't have sin in heaven that's what well, we're going to get to the solution in just a minute but we missed the mark some of you might remember ron roerback who's now with god and uh, i remember when he was first uh, was doing some you know some of his farming and stuff and he was talking to me and he wanted to get a a, a gun to try to get rid of the woodchucks you know that were eating his you know some of his crops and, and I'll never forget, he came and he said, and I told him, well, get this gun and do this. And I got him lined up on how to, I hope I'm not upsetting anybody. But, but anyway, you've got to get rid of the woodchucks. Uh, they'll destroy the gardens. They'll destroy the crops. And so he got it and he came back. He goes, well, uh, I had a problem. I saw the woodchuck and I did what you said. I, I went to shoot it, but I missed him. And I went later on to find out where I hit, and I had hit the tractor tire. He missed. The, he missed. The tractor was ten feet away. He missed the woodchuck and hit the tractor tire. Well, you know that was that he missed the mark. But every one of us is like that spiritually. We have missed the mark. It, but John three sixteen, we got this problem. God's perfect. We've missed the mark. We we are we are sin. We have sin in us. We can't go into God's presence now or forever. But God made a way. John 3.16, God made a way for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God loved us so much. That he sent his one and only son. There's not all these other ways, Devin. There's one and only son Jesus to die on a cross to pay for our sin, to for to pay for our crimes, to take our punishment upon himself. That's what he did. He took it. Can you imagine? Imagine if last summer you were involved in the riots. And you were looting stores and doing, uh, doing all that stuff. Or if you were in the Capitol riot. Imagine you were in the Capitol riot. And, and you and, and, and either way, you're on video. Imagine that you, you were on, they got you on video. Whether it's in New York City, whether it's in uh, Washington, D.C., they've got you on video. And what is your life going to be like? You're just waiting. Mm-hmm. Right? Right? Just waiting. Waiting for them to, that knock on the door. And I've I heard some stories. Uh, you know, waiting for that knock on the door. It's just a matter of time. That knock could come today. It could come a week from now. It could come years from now. Sooner later, they're going to track everybody down. Well, a lot, a lot of people go on the one side. But anyway, we're not going to get into that. But, uh, but, the, but imagine you're waiting, waiting for that knock on the door. Every one of us is like that. We are waiting for that knock on the door. Every one of us someday that knock's gonna come, we're gonna die. Everybody's gonna die. If COVID has taught us anything, it's everybody's gonna die, right? It's finally brought that's why people are so scared. Why are they terrified? I mean, oh, listen, we've got to be careful, all that, get that. But what, why are people so rapidly terrified? Because they don't they don't know Jesus. They don't know where they're going. We should be careful, but we don't have to be terrified because we know where we're going. But they don't. They're terrified. They're waiting for that knock on the door. And they're scared, whether it's from COVID or whether it's a car accident or whether it's something else that happens even worse. It's coming for every one of us. And when it comes, we're done. We're finished. We have eternity in hell facing us. The Bible, Jesus taught that very clearly. He preached on hell 27 times. Pastors today don't want to talk about hell. Well, you're going against Jesus. He taught about hell more than he taught about heaven. Why? Because he doesn't want us to go there. He doesn't want us to go there. That's why he came and died for us. But imagine you're that person waiting for that knock on the door because of, because of the, the something you did in a riot or the Capitol riot. Imagine that. But imagine they're coming for you, and just as they come for you, someone else comes forward and says, I will take his place. Yeah, he was there, but I wasn't. I'm innocent, but I will take his place. And you do the switch. Can you imagine that? You're free free that's exactly what Jesus Christ did for us he died on the cross in our place he took our place we are pardoned imagine being pardoned that's what Jesus did for us but we must put, we must accept his his what he wants. his offer we have to accept what he's given we have to accept his substitution if we say well it's it's there but no i no, i'm I'm going gonna, gonna, to I, I don't I don't accept what you're going to do for me that's what happens Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on him. You have a choice, accept or reject. We have that choice. We have to put our faith in what Jesus Christ is offering us. And if we put our faith in Jesus, we can be forgiven and given a brand new life now and forever if we accept what Jesus Christ has offered us. And once we do that, we are baptized to show what has happened inside of us. It's an outward picture outward picture of an inward reality what has happened to us when we go under the water we're showing that our old life is dead and god and buried we are buried with jesus christ and and that's what happens when we go under the water. we're showing that and when someone or something dies what do you do with it you don't sprinkle it with dirt do you what if you sprinkle it with dirt it's still gonna stink right that, you get my point? That's why we don't sprinkle with baptism. It, it, it's not in the Bible anywhere. It would go under the water. It's okay as a dedication. I'm not saying it's okay as a baby dedication. It's it's a dedication. But I'm talking about believer baptism. It's under the water. Or once again, we do pouring and stuff. I, I, we do that for people who aren't able to go under the water for different reasons. Uh, but, 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 but you get my point. It, 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 it's under the water. I... When I talk about Ron shooting at woodchucks, we got someone who's a little better shot. Bob, Bob's a little better shot back there. He's got, he's had a lot of woodchuck problems this uh, summer. And right, Bob, he's had a lot of problems. Every time we get together, he's got another story about these crazy woodchucks. It's like Caddyshack, you know. And so he got these, woodchucks, woodchuck can't get it. And so he, he, but he finally is finally, he finally got most of them. Right, Bob, most of them, not all, but most. <laughs> What's that? All? Oh, you got them all? Okay, good. I can't wait to hear that story this week. Got them all. But what what do you do with those woodchucks, Bob? Do you just throw them out next to your garden? They fertilize the garden. <laughs> he fertilize the garden. He, he, he buries them, right? You bury the, the woodchucks. You bury them, you gotta get them under the ground, because if you don't, they smell. And, and that is what, that is when something dies, you bury it. And that is what baptism is. You're going under the water. It's a picture that your self has been buried with Jesus Christ in that tomb, buried. And then we come out of the water, it shows that we are now alive in Christ. Jesus, we're, we're now alive in Christ. Jesus called that being born again. Being born again in John chapter three, when Jesus was was teaching, Jesus said, He said, oh, I don't have my monitor here, and I gotta gotta get this right. In reply, Jesus declared, "I tell you the truth. Am I getting it right? Oh, here we go. Jesus. Oh, okay, it's a different version. We'll go with this one. Jesus replied, Very truly I say to you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is." born, unless they are born again. The word in Greek literally means to be born from above. Born from above. Just as you're born down here on earth, now you have to be born from above. And in verse, the next one, Jesus replied, A very, uh, you should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. You were born physically. Everybody here was born one time or another, right? But not all of us were born spiritually. We must, Jesus said, you must be born again. It's it's vital to be born again. I know people say, well, I'm a Christian, but I'm not a born again Christian. I say, well, I tell them right to their face, then you're not a Christian because Jesus said you must be born again. You have to be born spiritually. It must have. Now, I'm not talking about the guy who had the purple hair at the football games holding John 3.16. I think that guy ended up in jail. But anyway, I'm not talking about the wacko weird, weird people. I'm talking about biblically born again. There has to be a time in your life, just like you know you were born physically at one time. You know your birthday. Little Lucas was yesterday. All, we said all the birthdays today. Uh <clears throat> every one of us must have a time we know we were born again. You might not know the exact date or time or something, but but you know you put your faith in Jesus Christ. You gave your life to Him. Every one of us has to be born spiritually. And once we are born again, we are new creations in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, the old has gone, the new has come. That's what we become. <clears throat> we just are. We're dealing with cicadas. A lot of cicadas this summer, right? The seventeen-year ones, but every year we have cicadas. But the cicada—I don't know if you've ever seen when they first come out of the ground. There's this little crab-like creature, and we used to dig as kids. We'd be digging in the, the ground with the wood, and we'd pull out these little, you know, larvae. Where they're becoming crab-like creatures. But once they come out of the ground, there's this crab-like creature. Then they break out of that shell, and all of a sudden they can fly and make loud noises, right? Loud noises. Uh, They can fly around. And that is a picture. We at before we are born again we 're like that crab like creature earth bound creature. But once we put our faith in Jesus, we are break free and we 're a new creation, we can fly we can we can get around we 're a completely different creature it looks like because because we 've been born again, same thing with the butterfly with the larva with the, with the in the cocoon right same thing with going from the caterpillar to the butterfly, same idea. Do you have new life in Jesus Christ? Have you put your faith in Him? And if you haven't, I hope you do that today. Before we're going to pray at the end, I hope you do that today. You can do it right now. Put your faith in Jesus Christ. And if you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, that's not the end of it. No, 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 no. Then then I hope you're living in your new life in Christ. I hope you're living with freedom in Christ. Very, very important. And we were already in Romans chapter 6. I just want to give a couple of keys from Romans chapter 6 for Christians because a lot of people, they get become a Christian, they get baptized, but they don't persevere. They don't keep going. They don't reach their spiritual potential. They, they, they get... Ugh, yeah, it's, it's heartbreaking. They get baptized, but they don't reach their spiritual potential. They don't become who God has called them to be because they miss some very important keys here. Romans 6 6. In Romans 6 6, it says, For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. We know. The very first thing is we have to know our old self was crucified. Very, very important. I, I, I uh, it, it's vital to know that we're no longer slaves to sin if you have put your faith in Jesus Christ you are no longer a slave that is a fact it's a fact you are not a slave but how many of us live like slaves we're still in slavery to a sin. We're still in slavery to thoughts. We're still in slavery to the world or to Satan in some way. And, and many Christians get pulled right back down under the water, you know, back, back, back into their old life again. It, it's heartbreaking because they, they don't know it's a fact. And after we know, the first thing is to know it. The second thing is we have to believe it. Romans 6.11. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Count yourself. The word, some of your versions say reckon. Reckon. I reckon. Right? Uh, reckon yourself dead. Count yourself dead. The idea behind that word is to believe it. To, to believe it. We must, we must believe it. We must put have faith in the fact that we're no longer slaves of sin. That our old self is dead. We, that's We have to know it and then we have to believe it. Just as we're saved by faith. How are we saved? Works your faith. Saved by faith. We're saved by faith. Then we have to live by faith. Very important that we live by that faith. Listen, we get hit every day. Anybody here doesn't get hit every day? (laughs) You must be dead then. You must already be in heaven, right? You're not really here. We're going to get hit every day with temptations with attacks, with struggles. We're going to get hit by the flesh. Our own sinful flesh keeps fighting for its life. We're going to get, even though it's been crucified, it keeps trying to come back. Are we going to get hit by the world, constantly attacked by the world, by Satan, constantly by our flesh and the world? And Satan are constantly saying this when God's Word says this. They say X and God's word says Y, right? And, and it, it, we, we, but we, very important when that happens, we have to say, no, I know it and I believe it. Very, very important. I know it and I believe it. It's, it's vital. It's vital to do that. And then after that, not only must we know it and believe it, but the third and very important step here in Romans 6 is we have to act on it. It's okay to know and believe it, but if we don't act on it, it's worthless, right? We have to act on it. Look at verse 13. Verse 13 says, Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer the parts, offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer the parts of your body to Him as instruments of righteousness. We have to offer ourselves. We have to act Act on it. Act on it. This is vital. This is a daily decision. It's not a one-time decision. It's a daily decision to die to self and to live by faith. We're going to get hit. Bam, 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 bam. It's getting worse and worse, isn't it? Bam, bam, bam. And, and, but I gotta decide. Am I gonna, I know it. I believe it. Am I gonna act on it or am I gonna, not gonna act on it? Am I not gonna live by faith? And this is where the rubber meets the road. <laughs> this is where faith is put to the test. This is where faith is put to the test. Will we act on what we know and believe? Will we do that? I'm going to say it again. Will we act on what we know and believe it's vital? We are all broken. We are all vulnerable, right? We're all broken. It takes a lifetime of spiritual struggle to get where God wants us to be. It takes... (laughs) <laughs> you haven't arrived yet. I thought, you shocked me. I thought you were there. Yeah, right? It takes, doesn't matter what our age is. We could be 20, 30, 40, 50, 80, 100. We, 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 it's a lifetime of spiritual struggle. And there will be many crashes along the way. Remember the Glenn Campbell song, there'll be a load of compromising on the road to my horizon. Remember that? There's going to be a lot of that. Gonna be a lot of spiritual crashes, and we will feel like quitting. Anybody feel like quitting this week? Maybe don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. Uh, Satan will accuse us. You're not a Christian. You can't be a Christian and do that, or think about that, or want that. You can't be a Christian. Oh, he'll accuse us. But we must. Persevere. What do we see in the Bible over and over? Persevere. 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 Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete. Perseverance over and over and over again. And as we persevere, we will become more like Jesus Christ on a daily basis. It's called progressive sanctification. Progressive. Progressive. The good kind. Biblical guy Biblical kind. Progressive sanctification. We progress in our sanctification. I'll call it progress sanctification. Thank you. <laughs> progress sanctification. If we... And this is the thing. If we act on what we know and believe, if we keep doing that day after day, even though we get knocked down, even though we fall flat on our face, even though we have a bad time, a bad week, a bad year, even, we get back up, we keep going... If we keep doing that and persevere, we someday you will look back, we will look back, and I you could probably do it now. look back at what we were like, and we'll be like, "Wow, did I really do that those years ago? Did I really think about doing that? Did I really desire that sin you, you know what I'm talking about things that used to have us in a grip, but now we 've broken free, not completely be careful." All right, but but we've broken free, and we'll look back and say, "Did I really do that?" Because you see, we before we come to Jesus, we are in a rut. We're in a spiritual rut. I was just on the farm, and on the farm, I remember driving down our lane, and we drive down our lane, and on the tractor, and you tended once you drove down it a couple of times, there was a rut in the lane, and then then as you kept going, it just kept getting deeper and deeper, and pretty soon when you went to go down that lane, you ended up sliding into the rut. You couldn't go anywhere else because there was these two big ruts down the lane. And whenever you drove the tractor, you know what I'm talking about, Dan? You're, driving, you're, you're stuck in the rut. You keep getting in that rut. And when, the, when it rains, it, it, it gets soupy and mucky, and you get stuck in those ruts, right, with a tractor. And But what happened is every year, my dad would then get out the, the disc. He'd hook the disc to the back of the tractor, and the disc had all these, like, sharp, wheels on it you know i'm trying to explain the city slickers there but it had all these sharp wheels on it and he would take the disc down that lane back and forth and he would chew up the ruts and it would be smooth and then we'd go drive down again and guess what we did we made a new rut <laughs> but but that's what being a christian lets us do the Holy Spirit chews up those ruts, and we get into a new rut, a good rut, a positive one, where we, where, you know, a biblical rut. That's what we want to be, and in, in, into that, and baptism is a reminder to everyone of this. That's what baptism is focusing on. That we have to keep persevering. We have to keep chewing up those ruts. We have to keep on finding God's right way of doing it. But the first step. As I close here, get ready to pray. The first step is putting our faith in Jesus Christ. Have you taken that first step? John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The word believe doesn't mean to believe in your head. It means to believe in your heart. The Greek word is much deeper than that. It it means to completely trust in, to cling to, to completely depend on, to completely surrender to Jesus Christ. That's what the word means. It's not just an intellectual. It's in the heart. That's what that word means. And have you ever done that? You can do that today. We're going to pray in just a moment. You can do it right now. You can do it on our prayer time. You can pray that prayer. Everyone who's here live or live stream, you can pray that prayer of faith. And then if you've already done that, you're already a Christian, are we moving? Are we living by faith? Are we living by our faith? This is what baptism is a reminder. Are we living by that faith? Galatians 2.20. I, uh, I got me the first one. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We are saved by faith and then we must live by faith, completely depending on God, right? That's what it means to live by faith. Are we living by our faith? Are we moving forward in, the, in our faith? Listen, we are either moving forward or we are slipping backward. There is no neutral in the spiritual life. If you, because we're fighting up a hill, aren't we? We're fighting up a hill. And if you're going up the hill and you put your car or tractor in neutral, guess what it does? slides backward. There is no neutral in the spiritual life. You're either moving forward or you're sliding backward. They call it backsliding. Remember, they used to call it backsliding years ago. We need to bring that word back again. But but there is no neutral. It's heartbreaking. I see so many people, over the 35 years of ministry, I've seen so many people get become put their faith in jesus get baptized be excited about their faith be growing and at some point whether it was a week later or a year later or 10 years 20 years later i've seen some people move you know they moved they had to move but move and now they're nowhere spiritually i don't even know them anymore i don't even recognize them anymore because they're spiritually have backslidden they're backslidden they, they don't think biblically anymore. They don't think spiritually anymore. They don't live by faith anymore. It's heartbreaking to me because I had saw how on fire they were. They, they're slipping away. Listen, this is a reminder. Are we moving forward in our faith? And we never can put it in neutral. Till the day you get to heaven, there is no neutral. Are we moving forward in the faith? Do we know? No. Do we believe are we acting on it? Are we living on it? What area of our life needs to come under the Holy Spirit's control, conviction? What area of our life is the Holy Spirit convicting us of? And maybe it's baptism. Maybe the Holy Spirit is calling you today to be baptized. He's speaking to you. About, don't ignore him. Doesn't ah, It's not important. It is. It is important. It's very, very important. I want to encourage you to come to the meeting or contact me if you're hearing this live stream. Contact me if you've never been baptized. As a believer, you are missing out on an awesome experience. Besides becoming a Christian, it's the next best day of your life. The Holy Spirit just touches us in a special way. I want to encourage you on that. Uh, the, The supernatural blessings that come with it, and the battles, I'm going to warn you, and the battles, but the blessings that come with it are unbelievable. Let's pray. As we go to this time of prayer, how is the Holy Spirit speaking to each one of us? Maybe you're here or listening to this today, and you've Never put your faith in Jesus. You know about Jesus. You, you know about him. And you believe he died on the cross for you and came back to life for you to give you a new life. But you've never put your faith in him. It's one thing to know it and believe it, but it's another thing to put our faith. We must put our faith in Jesus Christ. We must give our life to Him. We were just at Niagara Falls. And there's all kinds of stories about Niagara Falls, but the one that over the years we heard and and the best I could make sense of is there was a guy who they used to do tightrope walking over the falls. And there was a guy who walked over the falls they put the rope across and he walked across it with his pole and he walked back and then he then he put a wheelbarrow there and he 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 took the wheelbarrow across and wheel wheelbarrowed it back and then he said fill it with bricks and they filled it and and i'm I'm probably putting together about three different stories because all the different legends that are told of the falls but this is the one we grew up hearing and he filled it up with bricks and he wheeled it across and wheeled it back and then he said Who believes I could put a person in that wheelbarrow? Everybody believed it. They know he could do it. He said, who will get into that wheelbarrow? Nobody. See, it's one thing to know Jesus can take us from here to there, from earth to heaven, to save us. But we must get into that wheelbarrow. We must put our faith in Jesus. You can do that right now. The simple prayer of faith that every one of us must pray in order to be born again. Jesus, I believe you died for me. I believe you died for my sin, my crime. And I don't want that sin anymore. I repent of it. I turn away from it. I walk away from my old life. And I believe in Jesus. I put my faith in you, Jesus. I give my life to you. I'm getting into your wheelbarrow to take me from the world to God, to take me from earth to heaven someday. I put my faith in Jesus. If you have prayed that prayer of faith, then you have just been born again. You've just been made a new creation in Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is living inside of you. And you're in for the shock of your life. Your life will never be the same. You won't be able to think the things you thought without conviction now. You won't be able to do the things we used to do without, without God tapping us on the shoulder and saying, uh uh-huh, no more. You're going to have a spiritual power to live in ways you never thought possible. You're going to think a whole new way, biblically, I want to encourage you to let somebody know you've taken that step of faith, whether you tell me on the way out or you email me, you're listening to this, email me or text me. Or let, let somebody know, a family member, a friend, somebody who knows a Christian, let them know so we can be excited for you and help you grow in your faith. And while we're praying about that, maybe you're here and you're already a Christian, but the Holy Spirit is convicting you. Maybe you've been put it into neutral. (laughs) It's tempting, isn't it? Maybe you've put it into neutral and you know you've been sliding backward and God is convicting us about an area of our life that we have to know and believe and act on it. Stop listening to the lies of the world and the Satan's accusation and to live it. Father, I pray for every one of us here that because of your word today that we will be saved, that we would be sanctified, that we would be moving forward. I pray for the person who's discouraged, ready to give up, maybe already given up, that they would have hope and they would turn it around. And, and live by their faith in the power of the Holy Spirit. And if anybody you're calling anybody to be baptized, maybe they're afraid, they're nervous about it, I just pray that you'll give them the courage to take that step, that awesome, beautiful step. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll close with a song, and then whoever wants to talk about baptism, we'll just, I'll be up front here. You can pop up, and we'll, we'll talk about that. And uh, for the rest of you, I'll see you next week at the river, in the river.